What is up, Chiefs fans? Welcome back to the tailgate, where we break down everything surrounding your Super Bowl 54 champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Graham Oldbother. Graham, what is up, brother? What's up, and welcome back, everybody. We did it. Oh, my God. It it almost doesn't seem real, but good Lord. What a game. What a performance by Patrick. He's just that dude. He really is. Uh, man, I'm so excited to talk about this. Let's get into it, baby. Yeah, I mean, we've given this thing some time to kind of settle in because, I mean, it, <laughs> I've been riding a high ever since. I mean, I still am. Uh, to think that we got this done and uh, just just what it, what it means for us as Chiefs fans, the the struggles we've been through with this organization, seeing everything from just the absolute, pretty much as low as you can get as an NFL fan. I mean, I, minus the Browns or the Lions or something like that, to to being Super Bowl champions. I mean, can you can you even put into words this this describing this feeling? Yeah, I mean, honestly, when it happened, it was like surreal because when it, when the clock was winding down i was like we are really going to do this like after d will scored i was like oh my god because at that point i was still nervous like i know we were up 11 and should have been home free but at that point i was still nervous because it's the damn super bowl this is a big deal and we just saw san francisco you know kind of get too confident and cocky and they ended up screwing the game away um and patrick Mahomes just ripped their hearts out uh, I mean, honestly, I can't. It it still kind of seems surreal at times, but it's it's sunk in much more at this point. The parade was the coolest part, and we'll we'll kind of talk about our experiences at the parade a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, totally unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> no words for it, honestly. It's been our entire lives just waiting for this moment, and we like when it ended, it was just like we won. Yeah, the se- the season's over when we didn't lose. Like. <laughs> Holy shit, what, what do we do now? Like, And uh, yeah, so then I've just been watching videos about the Chiefs, all these amazing uh, videos that NFL films and mic'd up and all that stuff have been putting out. Yeah. How about you, my man? Oh, man, I've just been rewatching everything. I, I probably watched the Super Bowl at least like 10, 15 times. Easily, somewhere yeah. between there and then yeah. just all the mic'd up and stuff like that the, all the videos they've been putting out the franchise episode as well um which if you haven't seen you have to see uh, if you haven't seen the 40 minute mic'd up that the nfl did as well uh you have to check that out i think that's part of the reason you kind of alluded to how they were getting a little bit cocky or maybe full of it uh the 49ers were uh, that's kind of the impression i got from that video as well um but man i've just been yeah fully invested in all this Chiefs content. They could just keep bringing out the same stuff with the same audio with just a different, slightly different camera angle. And I'm, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And so. I'll watch it like 10 <laughs> times. Yeah. 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 So that's just the way it is. But, uh, man, what do you, what do you say? We just go ahead and dive into the game. So, um, yeah. So coming right off, first off, I feel like we had to talk about the coin toss. I, you know, <laughs> I was feeling confident coming into this game, no matter what, but when I saw that Colquitt about had us kicking off both the first and second half, I was <laughs> I was immediately nervous because that is one thing that you cannot mess up, man. And props to the referee uh, for making sure that like he wasn't gonna let them screw that up. He was like, "You want the ball? You want the ball? 
He's like, you want the ball, right? <laughs> yeah. Him, like, yeah, it seemed like, I think it was three times, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we want to receive. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Jesus, just say receive. Like, Yeah, yeah, it's just you you need to receive it. So if, if you're unaware of that, there's like a little rule that basically says, so when a team defers, right, they defer their choice to the second half. And so what you need to do is you need to go ahead and say, we're going to receive, okay? Now, if you don't, then... What can end up happening is you can actually end up kicking the ball both in the first and second half. Now, if you <laughs> if you mess that up, I mean, there is sometimes, like very, very, very rarely, is there an opportunity where you need to do that. The only reason you could ever have to do that would be like the weather or something like that. Or, or just you have such a dominant defense that you feel that you can pin them deep. But in today's modern era of football, they really need to get rid of that. Because how crazy would that have been if it screwed up the Super Bowl? Oh my god, that would have been an absolutely terrible way to start the game. But the thing is, is didn't that happen this year? Was it Deshaun Watson it was, that it happened to? Who was it? No, it was Russell Wilson. Yes. The Seahawks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a, that it, at that point, I was like, holy shit, I've never seen that called before. Like, I did, I had seen people talk about it, like, where it had been a close call, and then it happened. I was like, whoa, that's like a real thing they're going to do. But yeah, in today's NFL, there's no chance you ever want to do that. It was just absolutely starting off the game in the worst possible way. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that the refs just didn't get into that there. Like, in the Super Bowl, that shouldn't be a thing. No. Definitely not. They made the right call. So then, so then we move on to the game, and you know, just right out the bat, every play just felt like life or death. You know, it was it was just so intense the whole time. I mean, San Francisco's marching the field. You know, they're doing some things well, and uh, I mean, getting pretty much everybody involved, especially uh, Debo Samuel, uh, minus. <laughs> I mean, everyone's pretty much getting involved except for Kittle until a play that gets wiped off the board. But they come down, they march it all the way down, and then they end up kicking three for three. And how how big of a stop was it right there to go ahead and hold them to three when they were really marching right off the bat? I mean, yeah, that's huge. One of the things that we, we did the entire postseason is get in a hole early. Luckily, it wasn't a huge hole like it's been, you know, like it was against the Texans in the first round of the playoffs. We didn't go down 24, but, I mean, it seems like we always dig ourselves in a hole there. But with Patrick Mahomes, you know you're going to have a shot, so you're not all that nervous. But at the same time, it's a Super Bowl. You know, emotions are high. Everything's kicking in. This is a place pretty much none of these guys on this team have ever been. And it's it's a big moment, so you never know really how the tide's going to turn at that point if it goes south initially. So, I mean, that was huge to get a stop. I think that gave us a little momentum going into our next drive, which obviously didn't go well. But... I think that that stop there set the tone for the defense. And even though we gave up some points early on that we knew we could stop them and that they kind of kicked that into gear in the second half like they always seem to do. Yeah, and then, I mean, Andy Reid's commitment right away showed Andy Reid's commitment to running the football. I mean, we got we got Patrick Mahomes out here pitching it, running the option. I mean, it was it was strange to see. And... You know, there were some things that he was calling that were just incredible throughout that in, that game. Some coaching, some decisions that, you know, we, we've seen Andy have great play calls. But, you know, for instance, the fourth and ones, the, the fourth downs going for it, he was not 
going to, he was not going to allow himself to be put in a situation where, you know, he left the game out there. He was going to put it in the offense's hands to go ahead and take care of business. And they ultimately did. I mean, in the first half alone, I mean, to go ahead and get that fourth down conversion leading into that touchdown off the uh, old, old play from the 1948 Rose Bowl. Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> everybody's hitting the spin around. And then, <laughs> I mean, that was incredible there. What a, what a play call. What a ballsy play call. What a, what a great job. I both Andy Reid, and you can't forget Eric Bieniemy and his involvement in that as well. I mean, how, how how crazy was that seeing that? I wasn't even really sure what I just saw when they when they went and ran that play. I was like, did they, like, what just happened there? It was, it was beautiful. And I think that that's the beauty of the play call is it's so confusing for like two seconds to the defense, like, what the hell is and then the ball snapped, and you just need a yard. I don't think that you can make a better call in that situation. That was absolutely perfect. You know, catching them off guard immediately. We needed one yard, and I think the beauty of that, like, in the grand scheme of things, is that they had been practicing that for weeks. You know, all the guys on the team were talking about how they had had that in the game plan for, like, 11, 10 weeks, they had been practicing it, just saving it for a certain time. And it's pretty cool on the new franchise episode, which came out yesterday, uh, when Patrick calls that, I'm not sure exactly who it was, but someone on the O-line goes, oh, wow. And everyone just kind of gets hyped. And they're like, let's go. Like, we're going to actually do this here. So that was so cool. I mean, the perfect call in the perfect situation. I wish Kelsey could have carried him like another half yard into the end zone, but goddamn, I will take it. That was a beautiful play and a beautiful play call. Uh, and I thought it was cool. Also, Andrew Reed said, yeah, we have a whole package for that setup. So you guys might see that next year. Yeah. <laughs> so they got plays that, I mean, they didn't even have to throw out in this game. They can carry them over next year and use them in crucial situations time and time again. Yeah, I mean, Damian Williams really, you know, the way he was able to punch the ball through, you know, when it was when it was short yardage uh, opportunities, he just was not going to be denied. I mean, he, he was going to find a way through. And to consider, and you have to consider who he's going up against there. I mean, a stout defensive line with linebackers that are well above average in the NFL game. And he's making his way through there. Now, give, give you know, a lot of the credit to the offensive line. I thought they did a fantastic job. And one of my favorite things was, you know, the ref's ability to kind of not get involved until they felt like they absolutely had to get involved. And staying in the first half, uh, I think one of those moments specifically was the Kittle catch, where it was a, it was a bomb down the sideline. Uh which with barely any time left because Kyle Shanahan had no faith in Jimmy Garoppolo to march them downfield and could not give the ball back to Mahomes. So after Andy Reid calls what, you know, we'll give Andy Reid credit, but calls what it may be the stupidest timeout I've ever seen with about, like, I don't know, 19 seconds left, decides to call a timeout after they run the ball. And so they go ahead and get a big play to start. Then they go ahead and throw that big bomb to Kittle, which, I mean, to me was a clear push-off. I mean, to, you know, they to anybody in the booth, they were talking about how it was a push-off. You know, I, everyone on the defense immediately was looking for the flag. Uh, it was one of those calls that, you know, let's say, like, a, if it's Julio Jones or if it's, you know, Larry Fitzgerald or someone like that, 
that that flag's probably not coming out. That's that veteran call that, you know, maybe even Kelsey gets. But to to have the balls, honestly, from that official to let that flag fly when he could have just so easily said, you know, okay, we'll just let it go. Like, it is what it is. I'm not going to come and step in here. But it was the right call. How huge was that? I mean, it was insane. I mean, that was big time. And it was clearly a push-off. It was subtle. But, I mean, it it absolutely was. You can't extend your arm like that. It did stop Sorensen's progress forward. Um, I'm not sure if Dan would have got there to actually deflect that ball. Because, honestly, as as up and down as Jimmy played, that was a beautiful throw. I mean, that was a gorgeous throw. So, we got... Uh, we got saved there big time. That was huge. Going into the half down three is so much better than going down 10. I mean, that's a huge deal. So, you know, to get that stop and that call there was huge going into the halftime. And the guys aren't feeling down at that point. It's not like, damn, we gave up that. Like, we're down 10. We got to make a comeback here. It's like, we got this. We're still in this. We're down three. Like, we're going to go score a touchdown right here. Mahomes um, actually had been saying that several times on the sideline uh, throughout the game to the guys. And just keep believing, keep believing we got this. But it was huge to not be in like a depressed state going into the halftime because if we do that, you never know what happens. Like guys get down in the locker room. It's a longer halftime than pretty much any of these guys are used to. So, I mean, that could have been really bad. And that, that's a huge call. And yeah, that, that ref has some some kahunes uh on him for making that call but it was the right call and pretty much everyone agreed with it besides you know san francisco fans that are just pissed oh. and honestly i probably would have been too if it was roles reversed i mean i would have there's two ways i would have looked there's i'd understand I looked. exactly i'd understand exactly. i would have yeah. understood why the flag was there but i you know i probably would have been like oh god it's the super bowl how do you make that call you know we're it's 10 10 this is not it's not like we're up 14 you know how do you throw that flag there's 10 seconds <laughs> i mean there's plenty of ways you can look at it but i mean it was the right call and it was big i mean like you said you know uh it, i think for weaker teams it could impact them but just the way this team i mean was and is built this year with its leadership i think i mean if they were down 24 to 10 at the half i really don't think it would have mattered and I mean, I think we saw that as the game went on. I mean, we can we can kind of breeze through it. The the 49ers came out just absolutely pounding the ball. Um, which I think the it seemed like Spags wasn't too upset with. I mean he was he was willing to let them pound the ball down the field because they really weren't taking too too much clock. And um it, it just was what it was. And eventually we're down ten. It's twenty to ten, which you know, as a defense, if you hold a team to twenty, you would you would expect to win. I mean, you would hope to win. I mean, the the rule the rule of thumb in the NFL pretty much is you need to score at least twenty one to win a football game. So you hold a team to twenty, you know, you should be ecstatic. But as we saw, you know, Tyran Matthew, uh, as after they score twenty, is just fired up on the sideline, absolutely fired up. And you know, I have a little bit of beef with uh Troy Aikman and Joe Buck for saying how he you know 
how how he had to be separated. They they were talking on the broadcast about how he had to be Spags had to separate him from the team and you know that he was getting uh really firing into those guys. That that just so shows such a lack of understanding of what this team is. I mean, do you think Spags at any moment's going to step in and drag Tyran Matthew away from what is essentially his defense? I mean, he's given him the reins to that defense. Like it's just such a ridiculous. I mean, it's it's kind of that same way I look at it where they want to paint a guy as a, a a thug or a troublemaker or someone that's not really does the right things and it couldn't be further from the truth and it was exactly that speech that I think led to the defense's response and holding them down completely the rest of the game and allowing the offense to make its comeback yeah exactly and I kind of thought that when they had said it I was kind of like that just sounds like something Tyron does every single game he's the guy that talks on the sideline he just it even gets to points where players have been like yeah I kind of kind of just laugh and tune him out to an extent but you know that's something that Tyron has been known for this whole season he's the vocal leader he's gonna be talking he's gonna be yelling at guys if he thinks that they're not performing uh the way that they should and I'm sure he got on him but I don't think it was like you guys are playing terrible like anything similar to that i think it was just trying to get the guys going you know we got to get we got to step this up here blah 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 we got we still got time all that stuff and i think that it got blown out of proportion and they kind of saw him like yelling at everyone but there's no chance him and spags were like in a fight right there like not at all if you know anything about tyron matthew and his leadership skills you would know that that's just tyron being tyron and Everyone in Chiefs Kingdom knows that. Um, it appears that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman didn't, though. But going back to what you were saying earlier, if you tell me that we we keep them to 20 points before this game had started, oh. I'd bet my life Everything. on the Chiefs winning. I would have bet my life. There's no chance we're not dropping 30. I had said that in the pod before. We are dropping 30 without question. We do that game in, game out. It was just if San Francisco could air the ball out and keep up with us it took a little bit for us to score those touchdowns those three consecutive touchdowns at the end but it was going to happen no matter what so it was just a matter of time can they get to that mark can they get there and hold us and they just never could yeah so i mean it you know the reason kind of we were in that situation as well was just an uncharacteristic mistake by patrick mahomes where he just Threw an interception to uh, basically a just linebacker that was standing right there, ready for that pick. Um, and I I think it was kind of one of those ones where he just got caught in an awkward position. You know, he, was, he wasn't really able to step into his throw, and I think he just kind of felt like it was going to be there. And yeah. Yeah, so what he was doing is on the play, he was rolling out right, and what he can usually do is get that linebacker to drift all the way to the sideline, and then Tyreek can hit that little comeback right there. Uh, I forget who it was, but someone was coming up on him, and he st- I think it was D Ford actually, and he stopped, and the linebacker stopped right there in front of where Tyreek was hitting the comeback, and he just hit him. I think Patrick said exactly this. He said, I hit him right between the five and the four, and, you know, that's terrible. Uh, so he he knew that that was a bad one, but he it was just kind of one of those things where it usually works, and he's just trying to do what he does usually, and things like that just kind of happen. Uh, I thought the second interception was both of them were bad, but throwing it behind Tyreek like that it was I mean, now, that was a bad one. Now that's that's one where I don't 
necessarily know the full story on and I have some questions about because you know one you know the old rule is if it hits you in the hands you you catch the football I mean granted it's a 50 mile per hour ball coming at you and it's behind I mean and, and so that's tough but the way I look at it is is what they what these guys do, they run plays differently. I mean, they call a play, they, they see zone, and when they see zone, which is what they were going against there, which is pretty much what they saw the entire game, is they yeah. they stop. They run into spots and then they stop. And it seemed like Mahomes was putting it in a spot for him. I mean, if you look relative to where that ball is going, I mean it's it's perfectly in the middle of three defenders where it's the easiest, it gives him the most room to catch the ball and make a move and cut out. But Tyreek kind of drifts a little bit. He keeps on moving. And so it's a question of, you know, was that totally right? Was it was it all Mahomes? Was it, was it Tyreek? I mean, I think it was just kind of a slight combination of the two. Regardless, you want him to put it on him. And it's another mistake that just, you don't see much from Mahomes. I mean, the guy had never thrown a interception in the playoffs so I mean it was it was tough to see and then you know now you're down and you you haven't had the ball Mahomes is totally kind of you know at some points I thought he almost like looked like he was lacking the confidence he needed to go ahead and get the game done uh especially on even that drive that we were able to go ahead and put seven up back on the board and make it 20 to 17 when he was throwing short of Tyreek Hill repeatedly I thought that was kind of interesting as well and I thought it was a great call by I guess technically him to go ahead and just let him get a deep one and once he got that deep one out he just looked as comfortable as ever ready to go ahead and get after it yeah so i'm gonna go back to your previous point so what what happened with that interception just from patrick's post-game interview is what he was trying to do is exactly pretty much what you had said is he threw it a little bit behind him in between all these guys what he saw is that safety coming up to just absolutely crush Tyreek. So he tried to put it behind him and slow him down to get him to stop and not take such an impact. This is literally from Patrick. He said, I need to put that on him and just let him take that hit. And so what he was doing is he was just trying to save Tyreek a little bit and he put it a little bit behind him to get him to stop so he's not running full speed into a safety that's crashing downhill right on Hill. And Hill took a huge shot he did I mean he took the shot either way and that's why Patrick was like yeah I just got to put it on him and let him take that hit in that situation so yeah, you know I mean you know, that was I, kind of un- I understand why you would say that but I don't I'm not he totally, said it he said it I, on the sideline to Eric like literally after the play yeah I mean I I did he say <laughs> does he say it in a post-game interview or does he because he just yes, said he post-game said interview both where okay, they have well, him, my... they have him on the bench. Eb sitting right next to him, and he's looking at the play, and he's just like, he's like, man, I was trying to, I saw that safety coming down. I was trying to put it a little bit behind him to slow him down, and his exact quote was, "I need to put it on him and let him take that hit." Yeah, I mean, but I, I still don't think that kind of change. I just, how often do you see them run slants right in the safeties? How often do you see that against zone? I mean, not that, not never. all that often. You, ne- and I you agree. Actually I think ne- Tyreek Hill never kinda... see it. So t- I think yeah, he's, exactly. I think he's saying that as a way of saying, you know, if he's gonna continue to run like that, 
to do to put it on him and let him take the hit, but I still don't think that changes the fact that he was supposed to slow down there and make that catch. I mean, I I I think those things can still be still be this true. I mean, I I really do. I think I think if Tyreek's going to keep running, then that's on Tyreek, but I again, I just think of all the plays we've seen this year, have you ever seen them run a slant? right at a safety crashing down on him like that against zone. I, I haven't. No, I agree. And I think what you had said was very true, that he kind of drifted up a little bit on the route. And I mean, he's not the greatest route runner of all time. But uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with what Patrick has said happened. I think it's kind of up in the air who's on that. I'm not willing to put all of that on Patrick. No, I mean, it. both parties are guilty there for sure. It was not a great route by... Tyreek and it wasn't a good throw at all by Patrick so overall a bad play that we eventually got over and at that point I thought it was hilarious how uh Patrick had talked about after his second pick everyone on the team kept coming up to him and saying you're good man you're good calm down we got this we're still good we're down 10 we're we're fine and he started kind of getting frustrated he's like I fucking know he's like guys I know we're good I'm gonna go score right now like watch this and so that that was awesome but a a couple bad plays there and I think that that was kind of the spark there after the defense gets that next stop to just get us going now my question to you is do, do you feel like he really did know because some of those throws that he was making we're really looking like he was playing a little bit scared. I mean, he was throwing the ball low to Tyreek. I mean, if if we had that catch overturned where he hits Tyreek, I, I mean, nine times out of ten when he makes that throw, he hits Tyreek in the numbers. But instead, he's throwing it short. I mean, there were multiple catches on that drive, which eventually led to a touchdown, but multiple throws on that drive where he shorts it, he short arms it, and... Um, I think it was partially intentional. I mean, he just was feeling the the that interception that he had, the last one, where he let... I mean, it wasn't that he left it up, but I think he was just trying to minimize the uh, possibility of an interception as much as physically possible instead of playing his game. And it was... I It, it had me a little bit nervous there for a second. I mean, it, it was... I was a little bit concerned that he wasn't going to be able to do it. Then eventually it led to the big play where he just decided to absolutely unleash it. And, I mean, gosh, I mean, we talked about Tyree Kill, how that route that he ran really wasn't so great there on that slant that led to that interception. How about that route on that big play? I mean, I think to answer your question there, the the reason that he was so nervous and trying to get the ball out so quick was that D-line is ferocious he didn't have time at all he was getting the ball out quick he just had to and they were all over him hitting him the entire game so I think that the d-line was the biggest factor there obviously it usually is but I mean that d-line is totally next level but I mean really I don't I I really don't I I think I felt like I felt like he was you know that okay (laughs) the guy was obviously facing pressure but that never changes that that doesn't really change his ability to uh, for Patrick Mahomes we're talking about Patrick Mahomes specifically you know we're not talking about your average quarterback we're not talking about Jimmy G we're talking about Pat Mahomes he still is able to put it on him and and there were throws where that he were make he was making where there was pressure but it's not like someone's necessarily right in his face 
but and he was coming up short. I mean, he came up short multiple times, and I think that's a little bit more a fear of that ball bouncing off somebody and going into the air and someone intercepting it versus him wanting to put it where only, only, only his guy could get it. And he, and he was taking away their ability to, uh, you know, run after the catch or even catch the ball. Like we saw that drop pass that Tyreek had. There. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. We've talked about this before, and I think it's honestly Patrick's biggest flaw because it's a very minor flaw and he doesn't really have any at all. But he seems to come out in big-time games, and he seems nervous. He's got the jitters. He makes throws like we're talking about. I mean, on that first drive, on third down, he threw the ball way in front of Damian Williams, which would have been a wide-open you know, 12, 15-yard completion to get us the first down and keep the chains moving. So, I mean, we saw that throughout the game, and I'm not saying I don't think he wasn't you know nervous and kind of like unconfident in those situations to an extent but I think that there's a lot going on he he said it he's like that's probably the best defense I've ever faced like they were all over me um in one of the videos he's talking to Matt Moore and he's like he's like man and Matt Moore's like man they're all over you and he's like yeah I can't do anything out there they're all over me so I think that it's kind of a combination of the biggest game he's ever played in in his entire life, the biggest stage you could literally ever get to, the biggest sports event in the world. And that's been something, you know, that's kind of been known of Patrick Mahomes. He he didn't always play his greatest games in the first half of primetime games last year, but I think he kind of settled down this year. And I think that this was just a big game and that defense is ferocious and things weren't going the right way. I think it was a combination of a lot of things, but damn, thank God he threw that short to Tyreek Hill. I mean, led to the biggest play in Kansas City Chiefs history, Wasp. And what a beautiful play call. Unbelievable. I love the fact that on the sideline, he was the one that asked for it. And and he said, do we have enough time to run Wasp? And what he was meaning by that is, do we have enough time in the pocket for this route to develop? because it's such a long developing route for Hill. I mean, I think it was, what, 57 yards in the air that Patrick threw that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, off yeah. like a 12-step drop. Just Dropped 14 yards, drop yeah. Yeah, it was insane. What is so amazing about that is he takes – he takes that huge drop and then he just slings it off his back foot while a guy is jumping in his face. Truly the yeah. that was the coolest thing. That that play, that play may have been uh my favorite play in Chiefs history for sure because of the implications, the play call itself, the balls to call that, Patrick calling his shot, Andy letting him run that play. I mean, there's so many things that go into that that they even made, they call it the turning point. It's kind of like a NFL mic'd up. They made that about that play, and that was like the big play. It was beautiful. It, <laughs> that play, and again, the route that Tyreek runs on that is just so absurd. I mean, it's like a fake post and then into a corner route. And the way he cuts, I mean, so he's he's running upfield, he's running straight vert, and uh, I and the the defender has to open his hips at some point, and once he starts going towards the post, the defender has to turn because if you don't turn, then Tyreek's gonna go ahead and just burn you, and then the moment he does turn, then he just flips and goes right to the corner, and. <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, the second you see that guy's hips turn, 
he just makes that cut, and it's so fast that there's there's no chance. I mean, it's almost a wonder that he even finds him again because it seems like you just disappear after cutting that pass right as a guy makes his cut. I mean, to not only just the overall quickness, but the ability to, in that moment, running that fast, recognize immediately when someone's beginning to turn and make that cut and then catch that ball. Tyreek is... I mean, that really was an incredible route. And, you know, that ball's hanging in the air. I mean, Mahomes, like you said, has pressure all over him. Huge drop. He's got to let that thing go with his just freaking cannon. And uh, he, you know, to sit under that and catch that ball, that's just a classic Tyreek catch. That's what he does. You know, he's he's willing to take that shot uh, that may come. And luckily it didn't come, and luckily he was able to get the ball. It it really was an incredible play. And it, to me, it kind of works two ways, you know, because if you think about it, right, like it's, it's third and 15. If you have to punt, you know, it, you have to punt. It basically works both ways. I mean, you just throw that thing up. It's like, well, if it gets a cat, if you get a catch, this is huge, and this completely changes the game. You know, if, God forbid, someone picks it off, well, you basically just punted the ball. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's that though. And you know, that's what was going on in their head too. They were thinking about that as well, because they just think about it that deep, even if they don't necessarily say it. Um, but that, the confidence to know that that play is what you got to do there, because I mean, yeah, seven minutes left. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> there's barely any time left to go ahead and get this thing done. Uh, unless you're the Kansas city chiefs. In which case, you just go ahead and get it done like it's absolutely nothing. And, man, just incredible. Really just an incredible play. Yeah, like you had said, I mean, unless you're the Kansas City Chiefs and can score 21 points on three drives in like seven minutes, there's there's very few other teams that could, in the history of football, that could do something like that. You know, <laughs> throwing the ball 57 yards in the air off his back foot with a defender in his face, I mean, that's truly unbelievable. And, again, just the play call the situation and I thought what was so cool is we actually ran that play once before last year in the AFC championship against the Patriots and it worked beautifully and they had Devin McCourty talking about it and like his speed just kills because you're so scared of that speed that you have to turn and commit to that route and when he breaks there's literally nothing you can do about it you already have your hips flipped and you're going the wrong direction running full speed and he's faster than anyone on the field anyways so no matter who it is if you get them to flip their hips there it's gonna be wide open all day I mean the the balls on on that squad to do that and before that play I was like we can do this still I was getting nervous I was like we can still do this but it has to happen right now we cannot punt the ball here we at least need to gain a chunk of yards and go for this fourth down and what's crazy is Andy was like, we're not putting it. We weren't going to punt it there. We were going to go for it. We were going to win that game. And that's just so not Andy. What everyone thinks of him and his reputation, and he just shattered all of that. He broke his biggest, biggest negative about him that he can't manage the clock. He's not super aggressive. And he was all of those things in this game, which he absolutely needed to be. It really was a... An incredible coaching display, both in highs and lows. I mean, there were there were moments not not so much for Andy Reid. I mean, I would think that timeout uh, before the half. I mean, it didn't really come to anything, but you know, not a great moment for him. And the fact that Kyle Shanahan let that clock run off. But 
you know, barring those few things, it really was an absolute like showcase of some of the best coaching in the NFL. And for Andy Reid, some of the best coaching in NFL history. And now he's got the monkey off his back. But I mean, <laughs> to think, you know, when when we were down twenty to ten, eight eight minutes left. Honestly, I was thinking about you know your your demeanor during the uh, the game against the Texans, where we were down or down twenty four to zero. I was I was done. I was thinking there's no chance that we come and we can come back and get this done. I mean, it just seems physically impossible. And after witnessing that in both the way that you were able to go ahead and relax through that. Down twenty to ten, I was still remaining calm. I was like, "All right, man, it's you know, Mahomes. There's it's twofold. One, we know how fast we can score. Two, Mahomes is not having a good game. I mean, by by all marks, still, you know, it really was one of his worst games of his career. Easily, even with the finished stat line, and but I knew he wasn't gonna go out like that. The the way it was, I mean. It just wasn't going to happen. He wasn't going to do it. We had seen too much from him and his ability to step up and get things done. Like you had mentioned before, how he has kind of slow starts or slow moments in those big games, but always in the end comes up big. And even if, you know, last year they weren't able to win that big game some of the time, um, this year just wasn't the case. And, and we saw it on Wasp. We saw it on that absolute rocket that he throws to Kelsey, you know, from like a couple yards out to put it in the 20 to 17. And at that moment, <laughs> I mean, at that moment. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, down three. I mean, also a great play call. Yeah. You, you want to go ahead and break that down? I guess I don't have a ton to talk about that one, but that play to Kelsey, I thought what was so awesome about that is no one celebrated. They knew it was business time, and they were back in this game. They wanted to go hype the defense up, say, let's get this done, give us the ball back, and we'll, we'll go win this game. And I love that everyone, like, you know, Kelsey threw the ball down, ran to the sideline. He's like, we're not done. Like, we're going to go get this shit done right now. Like, there was no celebrating. It was all business. We were like, let's go watch some film. Let's figure out what we're going to do with our next drive because we're getting the ball back. I just love how our team had that. Uh, Therese Paler says this all the time, like, over my dead body attitude. Like, whatever happens, you are not going to beat us, and we're going to we're going to step on the ground and we are going to fucking come right at you and we're going to get it done. We figured out what you are going to do and we figured out what we're going to do to attack your plan and we're going to just dismantle everything that you had planned. Um, So I think that that was the coolest part is that the guys were just totally focused, not all that excited. We're like, we still need to get this ball back and go down the field and score another touchdown. Yeah, no, and I mean, that's exactly what happened. I mean, the defense comes out, shuts them down, and then immediately, you know, we get the ball back and <laughs> they just, I mean, they march the field. And uh, I think the highlight of that drive has to be the Sammy Watkins uh, catch that was just twofold. One, an incredible route, just absolutely burned Sherman. And, you know, I, you know, kind of, I feel a little bit bad for Sherman because as he cuts inside, no. I mean, you know, Sherman is who he is, you know. But I I think he was kind of doing a literal veteran savvy move where he thinks Watkins is about to go run a slant and he's going to sit right underneath that the way he comes underneath him instead of immediately just going out. 
And, <laughs> of course, I mean, that's not you're not going to trick the Chiefs like that. You're not going to trick Pat Mahomes like that. He's running that little out. And it's just a beautiful route, a beautiful scheme. And the ball that Mahomes puts on. Oh, my God. I mean, it is like oh my God. perfectly in stride. Per- he doesn't even raise his hands. I mean, it was perfect. It was it was a beautiful ball. Watkins, I mean, just showed up in the playoffs like he always does, and you know proved his worth. You know he he's been doing it. It's not like it's any question at this point. You know, given these last few playoff games, his worth, his value, uh, to as a member of this team. But that play right there was massive. I mean, I still think even if that doesn't get completed, we still find a way to march it down the field and get it done. But, I mean, that was the play there that led to the eventual touchdown. And it was so beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous ball by Patrick there. I I mean, it was in stride, and it was to the point where Sammy didn't even really, he didn't fully extend his arms at all. He barely raised them, and it just dropped right in his hand. Absolutely unbelievable throw. Great inside release by Sammy. He just burned Sherman, and I thought it was cool that he had said afterwards that he had watched the game, the Green Bay uh, San Francisco game, Devontae and watched Adams, Devontae right? Adams. Yeah. yeah. He watched Devontae Adams just burn him on this inside release. Like, if he's going to press him like that, he knows he's going to burn him because Richard Sherman just doesn't have speed like Sammy. Sammy is low key one of the faster guys in the league. I mean, not like he's not like a top five guy, but he's damn fast for how big and athletic he is absolutely beautiful play beautiful call and the fact that they got one-on-one there and immediately recognized it and sammy's like yep i'm running this go route right here i'm gonna burn him he's like i've seen this before him and patrick both recognize it and it's absolutely beautiful and gets us down to the 10 yard line where we know we're scoring at that point when he caught that ball i was like we're winning like no question in my mind we're winning this game yeah, yeah. I mean, because that, at that point, we're locked in at three. You know, it, we're there for the field goal. Bucker has just been so clutch in those type of situations. So it's like, you know, you got three. It's the, that That's the deal. So now, what is what are we going to do moving forward? And obviously, you know, the Chiefs were able to get themselves a touchdown on that Damian Williams pass right over the fingertips of D Ford, by the way, which makes it just awesome. that much sweeter. But, you know, um, when Damien got that ball across, what what were you thinking? Because me personally, the way I looked at it is I felt Damien, you know, he could have easily extended the ball further, but he extended it as far as he needed to to be across the pylon, which is why I think the ref immediately threw his hands up and why I think for sure he got that ball across because I don't think there's I I really think he looked at the pylon said that's where it needs to go I'm gonna make play it safe and put it right where it needs to go and not extend it all the way over you know like and and risk the possibility of the ball getting knocked away the ref screwing up the call and thank god they made, they made the right call there because that was the right call to leave that thing a touchdown man that review felt like it was like an hour long god yeah that review was like i could feel my heart pounding out of my chest and i think that that's a great point you make there honestly because he extends the ball late he and i i kind of had thought like why why didn't he get that ball out there earlier but that actually makes perfect sense i think that that's probably exactly what he was doing because could you imagine if 
he fumbles that ball through the end zone. Oh, oh god. That that would be some Kansas City Chiefs shit. That would be some <laughs> shit that happens to the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> I that thought had never crossed my mind, but wow, that's some stuff that would happen to us. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that it was definitely a touchdown. There's no way that you can sit there and reverse that call. Like there's no conclusive evidence. And I honestly do think he got the tip of the ball over the goal line. I think it was really close, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, I think he got there and that's a touchdown and he knew it the whole time. I thought the coolest part was uh, when, when he comes up to like a camera that's pointed right in his face after that touchdown, he goes, turn the channel 26. <laughs> I was like, let's <laughs> go. Uh, man, what, up, man, what, what, uh, game by that guy and i know a lot of people were talking about wanting him to be the mvp of the super bowl over patrick mahomes but let's get real let's get real patrick mahomes isn't there we're not even remotely in this situation like we lose by 30 maybe patrick mahomes is the mvp of that game because of everything that he did between getting the guys fired up on the sideline at one point before that wasp play tyreek hill said he was really down and he was like man this is terrible like nothing's going our way and Patrick's like let's go man I need you I need you to step it up here and got him back into the game makes the beautiful throw on Wasp with someone in his face throw it at Sammy kept dicing him up all the way down the field on those last three drives the MVP of the game is Patrick Mahomes and it's not a question people talk about how the quarterback can sometimes like take kind of the shine from other players when it comes to especially big games like that. But to me, anytime there's a question like, okay, is it the quarterback or is it, you know, another player, the running back, a wide receiver, even a, even a linebacker in a huge game like the Super Bowl, who was the MVP? If it's up in the air, then it was the quarterback. Because, I mean, the quarterback always has the biggest impact no matter what. I mean, they have to lead the team out there. They have to be that guy. I mean, nine, 99 times out of 100, they're the guy that has to be the leader out there that steps up and keeps everyone calm and continues to call the shots, read the defenses, switch the run plays, do all of that stuff. So it's you got to give it to him. I think it was the right call. Uh, we saw... We saw Damian, you know, get get in the end zone multiple times. And, I mean, we saw it on that last, very last drive as well, catapulted by a beautiful block by Anthony Sherman, the sausage. God, how how awesome was that, man? (laughs) God, what an incredible call. And I think that D-Will just wasn't going to be stopped in that situation. Mm -hmm. I think that there was nothing he was going to do at that situation to – and a lot of people were like, yo, you should have slid there, taken a knee, stayed in bounds, kept the clock running. And it's like, no shot. What? Get in that end zone. What the hell are Fuck you guys thinking? Yeah. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Get in that end zone and get that. You think be- that defense was going to let up a touchdown after everything that had transpired there? I mean, no. No. I mean, we're yeah, we had that Chiefs luck sometimes go against us. But that defense was fucking ready to go, man. For sure. They they were not going to allow anything to happen. And obviously we saw that, which is absolute monster blitzes. And and Frank Clark coming up big. Chris Jones just being so huge there in the middle. I mean, he looked like Uh, a safety out there almost. At the D-line, he just was batting everything. I think at a point it was was almost like he was thinking, I'm not going to get here on this rush, so let me just sit back, 
watch his eyes, and I'm going to get my hand in front of this ball and see if I can bat it away. And I think he had, what was it, two or three crucial third downs um, bats. With that third down where Kelsey was wide the hell open. Kittle. Got, wow. Yeah. Uh, Kittle was wide open on a little, not quite a slant, but little middle route. And if Jones doesn't get his hand on that ball, I mean, I think it's a totally different game because at that point, you know, they got another first down. They're kind of rolling at that point. And, man, Frank Clark, the closer, baby. You just knew when it came down to it, Frank or uh, Chris were going to get there on one of those drives. And when he got to Jimmy, that was so damn cool. That's an incredible feeling. I'll never forget that. So many absolutely beautiful moments that I'll never forget about that night. Like February 2nd, 2020, I will never forget that shit. 222nd win for Andy Reid. Uh, absolute mortal lock for the Hall of Fame now. Uh, just <laughs> every everything that encompasses that that game, you know, it's just it was a beautiful moment. And to I don't know, just to be able to watch it, you know, I was watching it with my family to think that we we all the times and <laughs> tough times we have been through together as Chiefs fans, games we had gone to, just it's like almost like you're about to die and your life just flashes before your eyes. I mean that, that was like <laughs> it was just like seeing I was just seeing every moment, you know, from my little, you know, memories from some of my earliest memories like seven years old being out there at arrowhead for the very first time uh, i mean it was really special i mean i get emotional even talking about it right now just because it's just such a special thing and i'm just so glad that we were able to get to do this and man uh it, what a special team let's go ahead and come back here next year yeah i completely agree and i am not afraid to admit that i cried i i definitely cried like you had said, it was kind of everything flashing through, just what we've been through. Marcus Mariota throwing a goddamn touchdown to himself, like Andrew Luck coming back, the no-touchdowns game against the Steelers. I mean, so many different things that had happened and were just absolutely terrible that we finally overcame, and it was definitely all worth it. Definitely all worth it with the all-world quarterback, all-human team, Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback in the world right now and could go down very easily as one of the the best to ever do it. He's on the trajectory. Youngest player of all time to win an MVP, a Super Bowl, and a Super Bowl MVP. Dude is absolutely nuts. He just has flipped what was an already great team into something that can absolutely be a dynasty in the future. So, unbelievable. I mean... Yeah, like you had said, I mean, emotions are coming back right now just thinking about it, and that's why we love this game so damn much. It's the coolest thing, man. Well, all right. Well, I mean, I think at this point we, we're just all so excited, but there's going to be stuff for us to still talk about with this team. I mean, we got to we gotta address, you know, the future with Chris Jones, What what's going to happen with him, uh, you know, with Sammy Watkins, or is a move going to be made there? There, there's a lot of stuff that's going to go ahead and go on. We got the draft coming up as well. Uh, we got, you know, continued antics because there's no such thing as a quiet off season for any team. So, you know, you know, you know, there's bound to be some shit to go down. Let's pray to God. There's Everyone to be, say yeah. their prayers and nothing just <laughs> happens. Everyone stays safe. Mahomes has <laughs> been looking like he's been blacked out for the last like three weeks. So let's. <laughs> and let's go, dude. dude. Good for let's him. Let's go. Man. Celebrate. 
do your yeah. thing, man. It, you deserve it, you know. And fuck everybody that wants to talk about how they were celebrating too hard at the parade. I, yeah. Ridiculous. I wouldn't stop Ridiculous, drinking. man. All, all people do all season long is go blackout drunk to those Chiefs games and be ridiculous. And then, they, and then you know, everyone's there. They see it. That And, and then they want to act like, oh, God forbid the players go ahead and have themselves a good time as well. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The children. Yeah, oh, poor... The Four children. kids while your fourth while while your third grader is fucking just saying fucking shit and bitch and everything <laughs> <laughs> behind yeah. your back every day because that, you knew what you were like when you were young. I mean, those kids know what's going on even if they're watching that shit at school, seeing them say drop every word in the book. It's not like it's nothing they ain't heard before. So just jeez, lighten up, enjoy it. Let's have some fun. We're Super Bowl champs. This lasts a whole fucking calendar year until we go ahead and get it done again next year. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to end this on a negative note, but I mean, you're going to a parade. Like, you're taking your kids to a world champions parade. Like, what did you expect to see? Like, come on, everybody. But no, I think everyone, for the most part, had a great time, except maybe that guy that pulled down his pants and fell on his ass out of a tree. Oh, uh, that was tough. Absolutely ridiculous, but... uh <laughs> So many great things. Parade was absolutely lit. Absolutely beautiful. Confetti, snow, damn cold. No one could have cared less. But God, this is why we are Chiefs fans. And there's no better time in the world to be a Chiefs fan than right now, everybody. So enjoy it. This is maybe a once in a lifetime thing that, as Patrick Mahomes said, that we're going to try and do a lot. So everybody enjoy this. And we thank y'all for listening and listening to us all year and letting us get our opinions out and show how much we love these guys. And God, uh, what an incredible cap to our first season, man, right? Like winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, thank thank you guys for taking this ride with us. I mean, to, to think that this is where this led to. I mean, we were all confident from the very beginning that this – could be where we are at, but to think that it's finally here, I mean, it's just absolutely insane. And it's really is special, man. We're not going to take the credit, even though it's probably because we started our first season and then our very first season we went a Super Bowl. We're not going to go ahead and mention that'll be the only time we mention that. You know, it just is what You're it is. You're welcome. It is what it is. So, <laughs> so man, I, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Uh, please stay, stay in tune with us. I mean, we're going to go ahead and keep giving you content. Like we said, there's going to be off-season moves. There's going to be excitement all around the league. I mean, last year, shit, we talked about Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then what the shit happened. What a wild ride. I mean, yeah, I mean, we kind of saw the Antonio Brown thing going down from about a m- I mean, I don't know. We, we saw that we called shit that. early, early, we called that. early. We said early. it. He wouldn't get out of the preseason. Yeah, we did. We said that we did. on this podcast. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> granted, he did make it for a second with the Patriots, but that don't really count, does it? I mean, that, that <laughs> with the Raiders, we knew he wasn't yeah, making it out. We knew he was going to make it. We knew he was going to fight with Carr. We knew he was going to fight with Gruden. It just it, it, go back and listen to those episodes, man, because they're there. <laughs> it was way wilder than we could have ever imagined. I think we'll that's say true. that. I we'll think say that's true. that. So. Guys, thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at the Tailgate KC. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, whatever you need. We're there. Rate, subscribe, do all that, and thanks again. Yeah, I mean, we love you guys. We have so much fun doing this podcast. This season was absolutely incredible. So thank you for everyone that has listened. 
even if you listen a single time for a few minutes. We love y'all. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and send us any questions you guys have because we love talking Chiefs, everything Chiefs. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on this offseason, going to be some crucial pieces that are going to have to go, maybe a few crucial pieces coming in, hopefully. So, you know, we will see about that, and we will keep you all updated throughout this offseason. So we love y'all and appreciate y'all. Peace, Chiefs Kingdom. Peace.